0: the Apex Church podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well it's a wonderful time of year. Christmas is coming and uh, today we get to start our Christmas theme for this year, The Greatest Gift. Well, I wonder, are you getting organized? Have you got all your gifts looked out? Is there still some people that you're struggling to think what you're going to buy them this year? I guess there's always that one person in your family that has everything. It's always difficult to know what they would like. But also, this time of year, of course, we don't just remember, but all the gifts that we give to each other. We first and foremost want to remember about the incredible gift that the Lord gave to us in baby Jesus. Today, we get to start this series, The Greatest Gift, and I want to ask you a question. If you had something that was so valuable, so precious, that you needed someone to look after it, who would you give it to? Well, I'm sure you're going to give it to someone who you trust. I remember when Deborah and I were getting married, I gave my best man our wedding rings because I wanted to make sure that they got to the altar and that they were ready there for that moment when we exchanged those rings. Rings which were so precious, so valuable, that cost us so much. I put it in the safekeeping of someone that I trusted. I remember when Deborah and I were starting our family, we were overjoyed when we heard the news, of course, that we were going to be parents, that Deborah was expecting. And during that whole pregnancy, we were careful that she looked after herself because she was carrying something that was so precious. You've maybe been there before and you're making sure everything's okay, that they're not doing too much, that they're not overstretching, they're not doing busy, busy, they're resting well because they are carrying something that is so important and so precious. And in this story of Christmas, there is two people that are given an incredible responsibility to carry the greatest gift. The greatest gift of all. Mary and Joseph are selected and chosen throughout everyone in human history to be the two people that God entrusts with his son, the Messiah. What a responsibility that they had. And I think when we look at their lives, we can learn so much by how they behaved, how they conducted themselves, but how we too are to carry the gift that we have in our lives if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you've received that greatest gift. And they model to us how we too are to live with that gift in our lives. They demonstrate to us that when life gets turned upside down, how we can stay true to God. To navigate all those challenging and difficult seasons. You know, Mary and Joseph, they I'm sure had a plan. They were planning to get together, get married, to start their own family, but God had a far greater plan for them. Before they were formed in their mother's womb, God knew that their role on earth would be to parent the Messiah, God's son, Jesus. He knew that these were the people in the right place at the right time, that they were gonna play their part in the plan of salvation by bringing into the world, baby Jesus. They had their plan, but God had an even greater plan. And I guess in our lives, there are moments where we find ourselves in overwhelming circumstances, situations that seem to be contrary to what our plan may be, or maybe we find ourselves overwhelmed with what's happening in our lives, or maybe you are just seeking God and Endeavor in your best to live out God's will and plan in your life. Sometimes when we do that, we need God's help to stay on track. Well, can I encourage you today as we go through this passage in the New Testament in Matthew's gospel, as we look on the Christmas story, to look afresh at this with fresh eyes, with ears that are listening to what the Spirit would say to you today. Although familiar words, familiar theme, let us come today and be amazed at God's greatest gift. We read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 18, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, some translations would say there that she was betrothed to be married. And it is interesting that we take a moment to remind ourselves that engagement and getting married was slightly different to what we experience here today in the 21st century. Part of their culture and tradition was different. See, it started with this betrothal, this pledge to be married that involved an agreement. It was a contract between the families. They would agree to this union. And then for the next year, the couple would refer to each other as husband and wife. But the girl would still live in her father's home. And it would remain until that wedding ceremony took place a year later. And before the ceremony, during this period, there would have been an announcement to the community, a public announcement, that this couple were going to get married. So remember, everyone in this community knows that Joseph and Mary are going to get married. And at this point, she's still living with her parents and they one day in the future, not too far, would come together and be married and then they would start to live together. And this is why when we read on it, guess where the story gets (laughs) interesting. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, in this period before they were married, If there was a death or if there were circumstances, there could have been permitted a divorce. So Joseph is in this dilemma situation. He's found out this shocking news. What am I going to do? And we read on and it says this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid Well, last year in our home, we had bought a nativity set that we were going to display and help the kids to understand and remind them of what Christmas is all about. And they had great fun playing with all the characters and pretending. And we were explaining the story to them. And then it came to a point towards the end of the Christmas season when we were putting all the Christmas decorations away. Now, you're maybe still putting yours up, but we, at this point, were taking them down. And we had all the different parts of the nativity scene. We had the stable, we had the cradle, we had the manger, we had the baby, we had the sheep, we had the shepherds, we had Mary, we had the wise men. But we didn't have Joseph. And we looked everywhere for Joseph. He was the missing piece in our nativity set. And to be honest, for the whole year, at a few points, Deborah has said to me, we still haven't found Joseph. Now, when we read the Christmas story, Joseph is certainly one of the characters that we could forget about, that we could maybe overlook. I'm sure the focus is on our saviour, it's on Mary the mother, it's on the angels, but Joseph plays a huge part in this story. Well, it was only a few weeks ago that Deborah was just tidying up and found the missing Joseph. She had put Joseph in a safe place so that it didn't get lost. And it ended up getting lost anyway until now. But I use this as an example for us today, that as we look at the nativity scene and we can see all the traditional stuff, can we remind ourselves today that this was a real man and a real woman, and they were dealing with an incredible situation. I think that Joseph shows us how we can follow God in the most overwhelming of times, how we can be true to God to follow his plan in our lives in every single season. So what does Joseph teach us? Well, number one, the first thing that he shows us here is that he was a man that was led by his convictions, not by his emotions. The Bible describes him as being a decent man, but it also says that he was faithful to the law. Uh, This baby was coming, and he had a decision and a choice to make. What was he going to do? Now, we are going to have choices that we are going to make over this Christmas season. Some of us are going to have to resist the temptation of overindulging. You know, there's Christmas chocolates, there's Christmas dinner coming, and your emotions would say, oh, come on, one more pig in blanket, one more slice of turkey, one more chocolate out of the tin. But maybe your conviction would say, well, you know, that's going to be a diet starting in January. And if we're being honest in those moments, if we're not resolved, we usually give in to that feeling and desire. And Joseph finds himself in a moment here where he has to make a decision. Now, Mary's apparent unfaithfulness caused a conundrum for him because that would have created a huge social stigma in their community. In that small community, everybody would have been talking. Everybody would have been knowing. And if Joseph made a choice based on how he felt, it may have led to their divorce or even worse, Mary could have been harmed by her community. But God has always got more options than we realize. And maybe in life right now, you are asking yourself, God, why have you let this happen to me? What is going on here? Why is this happening right now at this moment? And you maybe feel like you've got only two options here. And Joseph found himself in a place where he thought, there's only two options, but God had another option that he revealed to Joseph in a dramatic and incredible way. But let's just think about this, because the Bible says that after he considered this, Joseph obviously didn't make a rash decision. He'd thought about it. And he had to process his emotions. And after hearing this shocking news, I think one of his first emotions, it would have been anger. It would have been the feeling of betrayal. It would have been that feeling of, this is beyond belief. And he had to navigate all this emotion and remind himself of his conviction because he was a man that was faithful to the Lord. And as he fights through all these emotions, he lands on making what he perceives as the best choice for everyone, which was just to divorce Mary quietly, to protect her, to do the right thing and to move on. And the Bible, one translation actually says to put her away. And the truth is in life, a lot of these moments, we can't, just put things away we've got to wrestle with these moments and try and be people that don't live by our emotions but live by our convictions he finds the most gracious way out for everyone and even though he may felt angry he chose to be gracious but that this was not a normal situation he falls asleep and he has a dream and an angel appears to him in this dream and says these words to him to not be afraid, but addresses him as son of David. And in that address, he is, he's making clear of Joseph's role in this whole thing, but also the fulfillment of the prophecy that was speaking, spoken hundreds of years previously. And the angel's message explains that this is not a normal situation and explains the role of the Holy Spirit in Mary's pregnancy. Friends, to navigate every season in life, to be someone who has received the greatest gift, a child of God, to be faithful to His will and His plans to our life, we cannot live based on our emotions, how we feel in any given moment. Our emotions will lie to us all the time. But we've got to be people who have conviction. That is, we know what we believe. And I would say even more important, you know who you believe. See, Joseph was not just someone who lived by conviction. He was a man that was guided by God. He was sensitive to God's guidance. He knew his conviction was not just in his philosophy, but actually it was in God. He believed in God. He believed that God's ways was above his ways. He trusted in his plan. And after he wakes up from this dream, it says that he obeyed what the angel instructed him to do. God chose Joseph, he chose Mary, because he knew that they would obey him even when they did not understand or know how this was all going to work out. And obeying God's guidance meant for Joseph a great upheaval. It meant that he had to have his life all turned upside down it was inconvenient, it was difficult. It meant traveling, hiding, fleeing, trying to escape, then coming back. They end up in Bethlehem, Egypt, then back to Nazareth after a period of time. Their life was turned upside down and when you choose to obey God, it sometimes means it's gonna cause upheaval. But also, he had to deal with the public shame and disgrace of what that situation meant. The community, as I said, would have shunned them. They would not have been celebrated. They'd have been spoken about. They'd been gossiped about. They would have been pushed to the edge of their community. And of course, they've got the responsibility now that's been imposed on them of raising God's son, the Messiah. They must have been beyond breaking point. They must have felt so overwhelmed. And it must have felt like their plan is out of the window. And it must have felt that they did not understand completely what was going on. But we can see that this was God's plan for their lives. And often God's timing, it doesn't make sense to us. But his timing always makes sense of things that we've gone through. When you look back, you can see God's hand. You can see his, how he's orchestrated all things. And and Joseph and Mary, they were obedient and they played their part. Just last week, Daniel came home from school, our oldest boy. And uh, he told us, well, we'd found out from another school friend that he had a part to play in the nativity. And he is going to play the role of Joseph. He has got two lines and we cannot wait to hear him speak out those two very short lines. But you know what he's most excited about? He gets to wear a beard. He he thinks this is hilarious, that he gets to wear a beard. But he's got a part in his school nativity. And Joseph plays a massive part in this whole story and God's plan for salvation. You see, it was Joseph's sensitivity to God's guidance that allowed him to play his part in this story. God knew that he would obey his will rather than his own plan. There's no mention of Joseph after Jesus turns around 12 years old. We read about him, how they escape to Egypt, they come back, He takes him to the temple and they lose Jesus in the temple. And then after that, we don't hear anything else about Joseph. But he played his part. He did what God asked him to do. He trained him the skills to be a carpenter. He'd have took him along to the synagogue and he'd have showed him how to follow um, religious practices. That was his responsibility. I mean, imagine trying to teach Sunday school to Jesus. But that was his role in the story. He played his part. He did what he was asked. He did what the Lord asked him to do. And in every season of our lives, can I ask you this? Are you following your plan? Are you following someone else's plan? Are you following what community thinks that you should do? Or are you sensitive to God's guidance? Are you being guided by God? And the third thing that I want to talk about today is that Joseph was a man that was compassionate. See, if you're gonna follow God in this life, follow his plan, we need to be people who know what we believe, people of conviction. We need to be people who are led and guided by God. But if we are being led by him and living out his beliefs, then we are gonna be people that are compassionate. See, we see here that he did not want to expose Mary. And Jesus, sorry, Joseph, he knew the law. He knew what the consequences were. He was a spiritual thinker. He was a godly man. And in his own wisdom, he thought about it and found a way to honor God, but also show compassion to Mary and her unborn child, that he would just divorce her quietly. But after hearing that angel's message, Joseph was willing to defy the law to obey his father. You see, Joseph loved the author of the law more than the law itself. And his belief was not on the words. His belief was on the word. He believed and was willing to follow God rather than follow the laws. This was not a normal situation. So to play his part in the birth of the one who would fulfill the law and all the prophets, Jesus, who came to this earth, John tells us, full of truth and grace and would show us how we are to live lives of compassion to others. He would teach us what the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our minds, all our soul, all our strength. And then the next commandment, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus showed us through his life how to demonstrate and show compassion to other people. But Joseph knew this as well. He knew that God was gracious, that God was compassionate. And he tried to live his life and be compassionate to Mary. There's this moment where we read that Mary and Joseph go on that donkey and head to Bethlehem to register. Now, Joseph could have went there by himself, representing his family, but he brought Mary along with him and the baby in her because he was fearful of what would have happened to her. She was left there un- protected. He was a man of compassion. And if you want to navigate life, follow God's plan, we need to be people that are led by our conviction. We know what we believe, but we know who we believe in and that he guides us and shows us how to be people that are compassionate. So Joseph's behavior shows us how we can follow God as children of God. You know the greatest gift, we read about it in 1 John, it says this, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Friend, if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been given the right, you are a child of God. That is the greatest gift. The greatest gift is that God has saved you and He is with you forevermore. And the scripture here tells us that by believing in His name, Jesus, the angel says, call Him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. It means the Lord saves. It means that Jesus is our Savior. That is who he is. He is our Savior. And also he was given another name. Call him Emmanuel. God with us. Friends, this is the greatest gift. It's the best news ever. It's the good news. It starts in the cradle, it goes all the way to the cross. Is that Jesus came to this world. He came not just to be born in that manger, but to grow up and go on and through this life and show us how we are to live and demonstrate compassion and be an example for us, but then ultimately to make that great demonstration of the love of God That upon that cross, he takes the punishment, the penalty for our sins. He becomes our savior to rescue us from ourselves, from our sin and to be with him forevermore. Friends, that's the greatest gift is that God came down into earth, put on flesh, lived among us, full of grace, full of truth, showed us the best way to live, came so that you could become a child of God by believing in his name. That's the greatest gift. Friend, I want to ask you today, have you received that greatest gift? You maybe know all about the nativity story, you know all about Christmas, you knew about Joseph, you knew all that stuff, but it all begins with receiving this free gift Free for us, very expensive to God. And when we come in faith, when we believe in his name, when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, he makes us a whole new person. And he gives us the right to be children of God. Friends, this Christmas season, everything that's going on, I'm sure there will be highs, there'll be moments of celebration. There might be some difficult times, And in those difficult times, you can know that God is with you when you receive this gift. So if you would like to receive that today, you want to be a Christian, you want to know Jesus as your savior. You want to know the reality of his presence in your life. And pray this prayer today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you came into this world. And that when you came, You came with this purpose, to die for my sins so that I could receive the greatest gift of your forgiveness of a new life that I would be part of your family. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I'm turning away from my old life. I choose to follow you. I confess you're my Lord and Savior.